Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Football Fig Nuts Podcast. This is Season 6, Episode 3, Can You Believe It? This is the 242nd episode. I'm Craig. I am Britt. And Craig, we are joined by our contributors once again. Not only, So, first off, welcome back, Sean. Thank you. But as much as we love having Sean back, Cinch went on vacation this week. And not only did Cinch go on vacation, he's still here. He is. <laughs> Hello, Cinch. Hello. So I am here and gone. Wow. And, and he sounds ethereal. He's in a place with a little <laughs> bit of an echo, which just adds to the mystery of how Cinch is both here and not here. It's mysterious. <laughs> I am in Long Beach Island, New Jersey. Okay. So. Echo stop. <laughs> okay. I forgot. I can't use the E word in this room because that's the keyword for Alexa. Because oh. if I say Alexa, she'd go off. So I changed the keyword to a word that starts with E that I just said cinch had. And so immediately <laughs> it started talking to me about something on the internet. So, but we are here, gentlemen, because it is time to discuss wide receiver rankings for 2022. Where the, the preseason is going, I don't know. But before we jump into that, we're going to start where we always start. Let's start with the guy who is in the ethereal beyond. Cinch, what are you drinking tonight? I'm very excited that you started with me. I okay. went today to Oyster Creek Brewing Company. Okay. That's in Waretown, New Jersey. It's a cool okay. name for a town. Okay, so anyway, no one cares. I have... I care. A Dark Matter Vanilla Porter. And I, I can't wait to drink it. Excellent. Fascinating. All right. Well, we're going to we're going to come back. We're going to let Cinch take a sip and we're going to come back to him. Sean, what are you drinking tonight? I am Oh wait. Bush. <laughs> um, that was not convincing. Oh, no, it wasn't. Tired. That was the Nike uh, logo. <laughs> <laughs> Sheben Great White IPA. Oh, why? It is New England style IPA with lemon and coriander. Oh my god, why? I forgot Corian. you don't have it. You forgot what? Got you. Right, we lost, lost Sean there. Sean, you got to remember not to turn your head when you're talking on your crappy mic. I said, <laughs> I forgot you don't like Sheban. Yeah, no one likes Sheban. That's part of the problem with them. All right, Craig, what are you wow. drinking tonight? <clears throat> All right, so uh, I'm out of beer and, you know, life happens. So I have a glass of Blayton's Single Barrel Bourbon Whiskey. Okay. Ah, so okay. So yeah. Um, I I I'm I want to hear from Cinch about how the the dark matter porter is, and then I'll tell you what I've got here. This is really good. Um, is it? I, I really good. Vanilla, but not overpowering. It's uh, it's really good. Is it sweet right. though? Is it like overly sweet or no? No. Uh, I mean, there's sweetness, but I think it's a very light sweetness. Okay. I could, I could, I could have two or three of these in a row. Okay. All right. Wow. Okay. Okay. That's cool. All right. So I, I as we did in episode one, I have two beers in front of me, and I don't know which one I'm opening first. So it's going to be the quickie poll. I have a Kent Falls Awkward Hug IPA, nice. one of my favorite IPAs on earth, and I also have a Baby Kittens by Fat Orange Cat. These are both getting drunk. The question <laughs> is, which one is going first? So, um, Craig, which one should I open? The, the awkward the, hug or the baby kittens? The one to your left. 
Oh, that's not fun. Which okay. one's on the left side? <laughs> I, I'm not going to tell you because I'm going to see the other guys see just in case there's a tie. All right, Cinch, which one should I drink? Awkward hug or baby kittens? I would go with the awkward hug. Okay, Sean? I would say baby kittens because I feel it's a, from what I remember, it's a less intense hoppiness to it than the face hugger. So go with the less intense before having the more intense. Face hugger? It's awkward yeah, hug. <laughs> Wrong beer. Wrong <laughs> beer. Sean, <laughs> Sean you got to stop drinking. <laughs> we haven't. We're not. We haven't even gotten to pretty hot takes, and he's already off the rails. <laughs> All right. Yeah, well, but awkward hug was on the left, so that will be the tiebreaker, and so awkward hug will be the first one we drink tonight. So okay. All right. So we're already off to a tremendous start. Excellent. Um, Let's get let's get the burning hot takes. And uh, I believe Craig was forced to go first last week, so I'm gonna jump in and go first this week so that no one can steal mine. <laughs> okay. So see, you see, when you write the agenda for the podcast, when you when you're the <laughs> producer by definition, technically, you know, not that we have a producer here. Laura used to be our producer, and then we had to go remote. Sad. Anyway, <laughs> all right. NFL rumors this week: DK Metcalf is in training camp. But they're not letting him practice. Dun, 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 dun. As they, quote, attempt to settle unresolved contract issues. DK Metcalf had a disappointing season last year, right? Everybody, I was very high on him last year, and we're going to get to where we have him this year. Is it a big deal at this point to be sitting out of practice? Because he's not the only guy going through this. Debo Samuel is not practicing right now because of contract issues. Derwin James of the Chargers is sitting out right now because of contract issues. All these guys are literally at camp, sitting around, sipping a margarita. Is this a problem? <laughs> is this is this bad for Metcalf? Let's start with Cinch. I think his biggest problem is he has no quarterback to throw the ball to him. If you think Drew Locke is going to be a – I've seen enough. I know what he is, and he isn't good. Is it a problem now? I don't know if it's more Metcalf saying, I'm not playing, or mm -hmm. if it's the team saying, well, just take it easy until we figure something out. And honestly, if you're the team, I mean, I don't know. I guess my question to your question is, are you sure you want to re-sign him for some crazy contract, or would you want to trade him and get a big deal? It's a fair point. And I think that's really where this question is going, honestly, if I can just add in this extra flavor because you, you put it out there. Of the three guys I listed, yes, Garoppolo is probably not going to start there this year, but at least um, Debo Samuel has worked with Trey Lance before. DK Metcalf has never worked with Drew Locke before. It's a fresh new start <laughs> for Drew Locke. It, that, I think, has a bigger impact. Sean, is it a problem that DK Metcalf is not practicing? Uh, problem for who? It's not a problem for him. He's probably sitting back going, okay, great, fine. Um, I think it's more of uh, what you guys are saying is that they're probably sitting back going, you know what, if we don't get this thing settled, maybe we should trade them. We're not going anywhere. We just kind of you know, decided we were going to start rebuilding anyway, so why not, you know, tr maybe we could trade this piece and get some draft picks. In the other mm -hmm. situation that you're mentioning, um, especially like the Debo Samuel situation, I think it's just they want to keep him healthy, uh, keep him happy, because they do want him there. 
because they're not they don't think they're in a rebuild which i don't think they are either mm-hmm. and uh and so that's a little different situation okay craig uh <clears throat> so i i agree that this isn't it really depends on how far this goes because the problem is Seattle is clearly in a rebuild state. They just lost also Chris Carson, who we had to retire due to injury. So, and the fact that he that uh, DK has never played with Drew, see that like you know receivers and quarterbacks need to have a rhythm going, and it starts. Mm-hmm. It kind of starts like right now, and he's delaying that from happening. So I think it. Depending how long it goes, it could have an adverse effect on Seattle's offense. Um, so it's definitely something to pay attention to because if it goes too far, then it's definitely going to be a problem. Interesting. All right, let's move on to Cinch's burning hot take. Cinch, what do you got for us tonight? I got nothing. <laughs> I'm on vacation. I didn't prepare. I'm 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 a bad man. <laughs> okay, then I'm going to give you a topic. I'll give All you right. a topic you discuss. <laughs> You're traveling. When you travel to a new location, because we're all beer guys, right? When you travel to a new location, what do you look for in a regional beer? Like, do you look for a brewery that looks cool? Do you look for stuff based on local recommendations? Do you look for a specific type? What do you look for? You traveled to a, a brewery today. What made you go to that particular brewery? I was looking for something with coriander in it. Um, Sean Are you serious? It. No, of course not. Come on. <laughs> Well, you never know. Like you never know. <laughs> I mean, you've hung out with us a lot. I would not be shocked. All right. So I, I Googled in the area what was nearby. I checked out the first one, and it had a bad review. So I said, okay, even though this one is closer, I'm not going to go to that one. So I went to the second one. The hmm. place I went to, I was very happy with. Uh, I'll, I'll say the name of the place again, Oyster Creek Brewing Company. I was very happy. The guy gave me, I mean, I must have had like 10 samples. He said, try this one. Try that one. Wow. So that's, that's why I went to this place, because there were good reviews, a lot of different options, and everything was really good. And I can't wait to get back and share it with you guys. So Google reviews. Google reviews is what kind of drove your choice today. Sean, when you travel, what, do you, what, what helps you decide on a brewery to go look at? Um... Well, I would definitely go with uh, if there's any famous ones around, got to try it out. Like when I went to Vermont, I definitely wanted to go to Long Trail. Um, So I did go there, but I went to other smaller ones as well. Um, But definitely it's it's like maybe also like a collaboration kind of place where there's different kinds of beer from different companies there that are local. It looked like, um, John, you sent us a picture uh, it looked like different companies were at on that tap, so that's awesome. Um, but that that's kind of like what I'm looking for is I'll, I'll try. I want to try the famous places, really local, um, and and anything that would have multiple different places. Craig, what do you look for when you travel and want to try beer? Yeah, same thing. I kind of look around. Like I kind of I'll look before I go or while I'm on the way. You know, if I'm not driving, mm-hmm. uh, to see what. You know, if there is a brewery around or like a popular um, restaurant that has a lot of taps and just kind of go from there. Then when you're there, you just kind of I would just ask like the people that work there, like what's popular or what's good to try if you're if you know, if you've never had it before. 
And for me, I look at untapped. I look at tap lists. I want to see what you've got, how it's been ranked. Um, you know, Google reviews is, is, well, it's not that dissimilar, but untapped tends to be a little bit more critical. Folks who are on there tend to be a little bit more critical of places. So I look on there and I'll tell you right now, guys, every time I go to a brewery, particularly when I travel, I name drop. Yeah. I'm from the football thing. That's podcast. Like I'm telling and you, you would think, okay, well, these guys are a smaller podcast. It's not that big of a deal. I name dropped at Allagash Brewing in Maine. And I came back with like four bottles of complimentary beer. That he they did. Wanted Craig he did. To try. <laughs> I'm like, all right, so what's this going to cost me? And they went, you're going to review it live on the podcast. Yeah. Can you write down your podcast name for us? Here you go. Okay. You're all set. I'm like, what? Like, I, I don't hesitate to name drop when you do that kind of stuff. So, all right, that was, I just, I just thought that would be an interesting side question. So well, that gets cinch off the hook. Sean, what do you got for us in burning hot takes? Um, so for me, it's going to be, you know, my burning hot take is that I think that uh, Cortland Sutton is going to be a top 12 wide receiver this year. Uh, I know I didn't rank him that way, I, you know, but my belief is that that's where he's going to be. Is, um, is he drunk already? It's these. I, I think so. So my, what's a hot take? It's supposed to be bold, right? It, it's supposed so, to be a question. <laughs> well, here's my question. I with question my, it. <laughs> so here's my question with my hot take. Who's the guy, like Cooper Cup last year, that was drafted in the mid-rounds that ascended to the number one spot or the top five? Who's that guy that's going to be that mid-tier guy that ascends to that level? Sean wants to know who's that so guy wait, Sean wants Sean. So what's happening right now is Sean wants us to name drop someone we're going to draft so he can draft them. <laughs> That's what's happening right I, now. I, so, I, I, <laughs> go ahead, Sean. All right, I'll go first. <laughs> My my guy outside the traditional wide receiver rankings that I'm gonna I really I want to keep an eye on because I think he could be this could be a breakout he could end up as a a wide receiver one this year is Ronald Jones Jr. <laughs> I think Ronald Jones could be a top <laughs> ten wide receiver and for anyone listening right now if you've never heard us before yes I know he's a running back Sean had a, a torrid love affair last draft season with Ronald Jones it ended <laughs> poorly so that's that's the inside joke there. Honestly, for me, huh, a guy outside the traditional range that could end up being a wide receiver one, possibly. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm looking down my list. You know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna reach down and go Gabe Davis. I've got him as a wide receiver two, but I just think that that Buffalo attack is gonna be so high powered, and there's just gonna be so many targets. I, I mean, I look at what they did last year in spreading the ball around. Look at what Kansas City has done in their passing attack where, you know, frickin' Byron Pringle became actually relevant in certain situations. I just, I think Gabe Davis is one of those guys that people are going to be like, all right, he's a fifth or sixth rounder depending on how my draft goes, but he could very easily be a wide receiver too. He's probably a solid wide receiver too, and he's got a shot at wide receiver one. Craig, who you who you got? Uh, let me just let me look at the list here really quick. Give me one second here. We'll come back to Craig. Sitch, right, what do you got? I, I got a guy. I don't think I ranked him. So that should tell you I don't think that highly of him. So top wide receiver one, maybe not. But okay. picking picking a guy an obscure not obscure. Okay. Michael Gallup. He's a guy who I could see have more attention 
more targets, and who knows? I mean, it's it's him and uh, C.D. Lamb. So yeah, and Dallas. Yep. If, if anything should happen to Lamb, everything is going to Gallup. So he would be my guy that I could conceivably see jumping up. Yeah, I mean, he's been down on the rankings, I think, because he, he's going to be starting on that pup list. But I could definitely see that as well, Cinch. Um, you know, I know they got James Washington down there as well, but, you know, he'll be okay trying to cover for Gallup while he's out. But, yeah, definitely I could see Gallup moving up. Who, who do you got on your end, Sean? Answer your own question. I said I told you I was Cortland Sutton. Okay. I, I think we we have him ranked uh, outside of uh, just outside of a twelve man league. Spoilers. Side of <laughs> sorry, just outside of a wide receiver two. So that's a pretty big jump right there. I think. Okay, Craig. Did, Craig, did you now that you've had a so, chance to look at your rankings? Who do you got? I uh, so for me, I think it's actually for me it's going to be a rookie. That I don't think they're going to have a Jamar Chase level rookie year, but they're definitely going to be noticed. Uh, and that would be <clears throat> Mr. Alec Pierce on the Colts. Oh, uh, I thought Drake London. Because he's he's walking into a system that works with a quarterback that throws a lot. So I feel mm-hmm. like he's going to get a lot of looks. And if they sync up, uh, he has a lot of potential, especially with um, T.Y. Hilton. Not, uh, is he's injured still, or is he not even there anymore? Is he even still in the league? I don't think he is, technically. Let's see. I don't remember off the top of my head. We'll do it live. He's a free agent, according to Google. There you go. He might might resign with the Colts, possibly, but I don't know. Wow. Okay. So that's uh, who haven't we gotten to? Craig, it's your turn. What do you got for us tonight? Uh, So my burning hot take is, is really how much will all of you pay me to do homework? Because I missed out on something during school. And at no point in time did anyone say that they were going to pay me for doing my homework. Um, I would like to get in on that deal. Uh, it might be a little late now, but I'll sign up for school again um, if that's possible. Like, So really, I just want to know your thoughts on the whole Kyler. And I know Britt was a, is a very large Kyler Murray truther, which is fine. It's fine, but you gotta say Britt is a very large man, which is also true. <laughs> but like, it just astounds me that they had to put this in his contract for him to study film, or he like voids his contract if he doesn't do it. It's just mind-boggling to me. All right, That's let's hear Cinch's thoughts on this first. Your thoughts on <laughs> Kyler Murray having a basically homework con uh, clause in his contract? I would be real hesitant if you have to force someone to do film study, to give them a big contract like they did. Um, When it comes to fantasy, there is no denying he is a valuable player. But you've got to be playing, and if he's not playing every game, he's he's shown that he he gets hurt too, too easily. I mean, my best advice with Kyler Murray, if you draft him, use him for the first seven or eight weeks and then trade him. He he finishes poorly. Mm Mm-hmm. Sean, your thoughts? I um, have to agree that it's. I, I put it straight out when I when, when I heard about it on, on our on our text stream there that that you shouldn't have to tell a quarterback that he needs to study game film. I mean, that's lesson number one, isn't it? 
And in an interview, we had that there last year. He said he's not going to kill himself uh, studying film. I kind of was giving him a, 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 a pass on that because I'm like, all right, don't kill yourself. All right, you mean don't overwork yourself, but just say four hours a week is meant, is, ne- is needed? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like, dude, you should have been doing that at least every week anyway. So that kind of does concern me considering how little he seems to prepare, you know? And um, don't get me wrong, he is immensely talented. And again, you know, it takes you so far, but you need that other piece to take you even further. And I'm kind of concerned that that's not going to be him. I mean, hopefully he hits that switch and goes, hey, you know what? This actually is helping. But, um, you know, we also had that little joke on there where, where, where you know, Oh, this is where his production close uh, tails off, and it's in uh, it's in sync with when uh, the game release happens. For uh, I can't remember what game. Oh, it was. Call like, of Duty, yeah. like Call in, of Duty. in late October, early November. Yep. There you go. <laughs> so okay, so I so here's how I'm going to approach this. There's two things that stand out to me here. Number one, all of us are professionals in a various field. I'm not going to out where we are in terms of fields, but everyone knows if you've listened to this long enough that my field involves HR work. Part of my HR work deals with training and compliance. So I kind of feel like my first thought when I saw this was, so what? I chase people every day saying, you need to complete training. You need to complete this. You need to complete that. Oh, I just took that a year ago. Yeah, the state requires you to take it every year, idiot. Take it again. Oh, I just took six hours of sexual harassment training in 2012. It's 2022. Take another six hours. This is like daily for me. So to me, this is just kind of like, welcome to the real world, Kyler Murray. You, you still have to actually do the work outside of the game. So to me, it's a, a big like kind of like, okay, they're just stating the obvious that all of us have to do in our daily lives. To me, the more telling moment in this is that it had to be spelled out in a contract, and more so, why? Why does it have to be spelled out in the contract? And the only reason I keep coming up to is, this gives Arizona an out. This gives Arizona an opportunity to sit there and go, you have not followed up with your contractual obligations. That iPad we gave you, that you said you were using, yeah, by the way, it's company property, and we track its usage, and we know you haven't powered it on in over 18 weeks. Something like that is the only thing that makes sense to me here. Otherwise, it's just a huge, so what? It Welcome to real life. We all have to do these things. It doesn't concern me as so much as it is like, I really feel like Arizona is so fed up with how he handles himself. And, 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 and like you guys have said, how his production just seemingly drops off. Although the source has come on here, well, not come on here, but has told us before, this seems to be um, coaching related that this is something that's kind of typical of the coaching. I, it, to me, it's Arizona. Arizona is putting him on notice that they are watching him. That's all it is to me. You wanted a big contract. You wanted to be happy. You think you're the franchise guy. Okay, here's your money. But by the way, you got to do the job. And that's all that means to me. Craig, what are your thoughts on this? Bring it full full <laughs> circle for us. Uh, I don't know. It's still, it's, it's like you said, it, it really points out that the Cardinals are watching him. And I know the Cardinals do drop off like later in the season Every in the playoffs. Year. 
and that it that does go back to the coaching. His his like late season record is not good even in college. Mm-hmm. But if you watch Kyler Murray play like last season, there are some games he looks completely lost. Like he doesn't know what is happening at all at any given time. <laughs> Mentally checked out. Exactly. And then he just winds up scrambling and then he either throws it away, throws an interception or gets sacked. Isn't and... it amazing, by the way, just as a quick aside, that there are two guys in the league that just come to my mind immediately when I feel like a quarterback has to scramble and make something happen. The first two guys that come to my mind are Kyler Murray and Patrick Mahomes. And ironically, Mahomes gets better at it as the season goes on and Murray gets worse at it. Uh, yeah, like, I can see that. I can see that. It's kind of, like, I don't. Yeah, well, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, the Chiefs lost a lot of games early last year, and people were like, what's wrong with Mahomes? Mahomes isn't making the passes. He's not making the good decisions. He's got more interceptions this year than he's ever had before. And then they go and they make a playoff run all the way to the AFC Championship. I, I feel like I feel like it's the exact opposite with Kyler Murray. For It's just weird to me that two guys who are known for playmaking and scrambling – I mean, like, that's their thing. Kyler gets out of the pocket, and he could take off, or he could just chuck the ball downfield. Same thing with Patrick. It just seems to be so interesting that their their paths over the course of a season seem to pass each other in different ways. No, no, that's that's true, and it's you're right. I think, I think mentally he checks out at some point during the game, if they're especially if they're losing, and it just doesn't it doesn't work very well. And I know, I know he could have went to. He could have went to baseball, which is a completely different sport, and the studying for baseball is completely different than football. Like, I don't if think you're... it is. Okay, okay. There's different. different. Stuff, if you're a qu- okay, if you're a quarterback in the NFL, that is one of the most difficult jobs in sports, outside of hitting a fastball. Let's not. I'm not going to compare that. Curveball. But what? Either way. Um. But what you have to know as a quarterback, you literally have to know with everyone on that field is doing and you have to be able to read defenses like in a split second and pick up blitzes and figure out what to do like that doesn't really happen in baseball um so i think it's a completely different mindset so i don't know if that's part of it as well but it's it's a whole different world of studying quote unquote sean, sean go in there and jump in what's your what you're about to say i think there's just as much studying in baseball i mean nowadays you're studying the pitchers you're studying the relievers you're studying um the when if you're let's say if you're in the outfield you're studying the tendencies of the other batters it's not that you're just kind of going out there and going okay hit the ball run to it you're yeah but you're, you're not studying. you're not learning how to read defenses in like a half a second and changing the entire scheme of your offense so I mean, like i just think it's a different my it's a both that you need smarts for lack of a better word for both things but you know someone who is a heart surgeon is going to act the same way as someone who's a firefighter like both smart both take studying you know i want to jump in here because i I hear both your points and i want to bring cinch in here because nobody knows more about baseball in this conversation if we're going to shift to that kind of perspective on it than cinch in my opinion here's what i'll say you're both right the difference, so yes, baseball does require a great deal of study. The difference is the pace of the game allows for you to get help outside. So, outfielder, like we talked about, a guy who's playing wide receiver in a two minute drill, 
doesn't have time to look at his coach and get direction on where he's supposed to be, like back up or move here. He's got to know that. In baseball, a coach coming out to the top step and pointing at an outfielder and making a motion for him to reposition is not uncommon. So I think there's a difference in the in-game level of help between the two sports. Finch, I want to hear your thoughts on this because, again, no one's more of an authority on this podcast on baseball. It's a football podcast. But whenever it comes to baseball, I don't consider anyone a bigger authority than you. Is it essentially the same sort of discipline or is it really different? Football studying versus baseball studying. I think every player in baseball is studying all of the pitching that they're going to be facing. And they're watching the tape of it. I think if you go to football, you have the, the groups, the offensive line, the defensive line. But I mean, defensive line, you're looking at a minor few things. In the end, you're just trying to get to the quarterback. You're looking at mm-hmm. the offensive tackle that you're going against or whatever. Yeah, that, of that's what the, it, it's yeah. football is go do it. You, you do the research and the study so that when the time comes, you're not thinking. In advance. Yes. Right. But we were talking like, but the quarterback specifically compared to baseball. You know what? No one had to tell Tom Brady. No one had to tell Peyton Manning. If Kyler Murray was going to be great, no one would have to tell him. Ooh, he's, gotten, he's gotten as far as he's going to get on his God-given ability. And I'm not saying he doesn't work hard, but work hard means more than lifting weights and you know, running stairs, you've got to do the work to know what it means when the defense is in a, a cover two or a Tampa two or, you know, where the blitzer is coming from. You've got to know that from studying film. And he doesn't do it. At least that's what his own organization is telling you. He doesn't do it. Sean, get it back in there because I, I felt like you wanted to say something. I was just saying definitely the... Um quarterback position will have more to do than the um, maybe some other positions on the field. But going back to the, the split second uh, analysis, I mean, that's where Kyler Murray thinks that he can do it either way, because he's good at the split second, you know, figuring it out. The problem is, is that that studying component, you know, it, it's it what leads you to that that whole split second. And he's going to get older. And guess what? Those those reaction times and stuff like that are just going to fade away. What's kept Tom Brady in the game is his knowing of what's going to happen before it happens, not as it's happening. And never so, getting sacked. That too. <laughs> well, that happens sometimes. Well, all right, so we got we got to move forward into the rankings, but I think this is a fascinating conversation because what this just evolved into uh, in the last comments from Sean is really a discussion on nature versus nurture. Did Tom Brady learn this ability to go out there and do what he needs to do, or are some guys just born with it? And that's a conversation that is way too long for us to tackle right now because we're already halfway through the episode <laughs> and we just spent about 10 minutes talking about the nature of Kyler Murray, which I think is fascinating, but we're supposed to be talking about wide receiver stays. So we got to move on. So wide receiver rankings, you guys all have them up on your screen. I am now going to reveal to you, our loyal listeners, the official top 10 of the football Fignets podcast, but not before 
I open my second beer. Oh. That's Ooh. right. And you already know it's a baby kittens. So. All right. So our number one consensus is Cooper Cup. And when I say consensus, that's because there's some disagreement. Myself and Sean do not have Cooper Cup at number one. We're going to talk about that in a second. Our number two is Justin Jefferson. Our number three is Jamar Chase. Number four is Devontae Adams. And rounding out the top five is Stefan Diggs. Those guys, with some exception on Stefan Diggs, are all pretty consistent. I want to start the first conversation I want to have is that Cinch and Craig both had Cooper Cup at one. Myself and Sean both had Justin Jefferson at one. And we both, it, it, so I'm looking right there and I'm like, hmm, this is interesting. So I want to give them 30 seconds each. Cinch, I'll start with you. Give me the 30-second elevator pitch for why Cooper Cup is number one this year. I think his offense showed you what it was last year. They're going to do, things will change. They're going to do the same thing this year. I think if you're comparing him to Jefferson, Jefferson, while he has the same quarterback, has a new coach and a new offense coming in, I just think Cooper Cup was number one and did nothing to lose being named the number one wide receiver. That was literally 28 seconds. Fantastic job. <laughs> I'm a professional. Craig, I dare you to out I dare you to outdo Cinch on that. Give me 30 seconds on why Cooper Cup is number one. Uh so Cooper Cup is number one over Justin Jefferson because Jeff Justin Jefferson's quarterback is Kirk Cousins. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> End quote. Wow. Oh man. I don't know how we come back from that. <laughs> Sean, Justin Jefferson you took Justin Jefferson over Cooper Cup. Tell me why. 30 seconds. I think it's just Justin Jefferson's time. Uh, the number, the Cooper Cup is, um, there's got to be a regression there. I mean, it, his numbers were so huge last year. There's going to be a regression. Defenses adjust. Um, and I think that, I mean, if you look back, I'm, I, I don't have it in front of me. I probably should have looked at that knowing that this might be a question. But if you look back, the number one wide receiver, how many times were they the number one wide receiver the next year? You got to look forward. You can't look back. It's the biggest thing about fantasy football. Don't don't base your things on what's happened. What's going to happen is what you have to base your projections on. And I just see Justin Jefferson as the best receiver out there, and I think it's going to show this year. That's great, except that was almost a full minute. Ah, Sean, did Sean just Wayne Gretzky fantasy football? It wasn't even close. I'm like, where am I going to cut him off here? He's at like 45 <laughs> seconds over. He actually went for 57 seconds. I counted. <laughs> Justin Jefferson over Cooper Cup. Why? Because Sean is right on one thing, and that is it is rare and difficult for you to repeat as the number one when things are changing as much as they've changed in the wide receiver ranks this year. Everyone has moved. Roles have shifted. No team has been completely unaffected by these shifts. So I think Cooper Cup is going to see some regression. Number two, the guru cannot stop talking about how good Justin Jefferson is going to be. And the guru is a total Vikings homer. I get it. I think there's something to it. So I have Jefferson at one over Cup. And there, I just went 40 seconds, so Sean's excused. Uh, we talked about Jamar Chase, Devontae Adams at four. Cinch, you have Devontae Adams all the way up at two. You don't think the change of teams is going to affect him? I learned a lesson from the guy that I can't remember his name. Um, the wide receiver, the Texans traded to Arizona 
Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins, thank you. DeAndre Hopkins, I dropped when he got traded because I figured new team, new quarterback, new everything. And until he got his usual hamstring injury, he was awesome. So I learned a lesson right there. Uh, Adams is fast enough. He could catch the ball, make one move, and be gone past anyone. He has a solid quarterback in car. I don't think there's any drop-off. All right, good. We have Stefan Diggs at five. We're all pretty consensus he's going to be in the top five or six. Debo Samuels are number six. I just want to spend 30 seconds on Debo Samuel because there seems to be, there's an interesting split here. Craig has Debo Samuel as high as three. Cinch has him as low as 10. 30-second air, air, you know, elevator pitch. Craig, why is Debo Samuel going to be the number three wideout this year? If you're looking at fantasy football and the way the 49ers offense uh, works, and I don't think it's going to change. Debo Samuel is also a very large run threat. So if you're looking at fan- solely fantasy points, he he is a double-edged sword. Uh, so that's why. Cinch, why is Debo Samuel number 10 on your list? Oh, I'm so happy you called on me. I was jumping up and down holding my hand. Uh, I, I'm ready. My arm was up. Ooh, ooh, ooh. I, I got the answer. Okay. So You're burning your time. Let's go. It's okay. It's okay. So, number one, Debo said he doesn't want to run the ball anymore. Now, that might have just been something he said because he wants a new contract, and maybe he still runs the ball. I base this on he doesn't want to be a running back. Number two, his quarterback, by everyone's uh, saying so, is going to be Trey Lance, and I have zero respect for what I saw out of Trey Lance's arm. So, if you can't have the ball thrown to you in position to catch it, you're not going to rank up, uh, rake up all those points. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. <clears throat> Excuse me. We're going to move on just because we've got so much to cover. So, again, I'm just going to recap. We've got Cooper Cup at one, Justin Jefferson at two, Jamar Chase at three, Devontae Adams at four, Stefan Diggs at five, Debo Samuel at six. We have C.D. Lamb at seven, and then Keenan Allen at eight. Number nine is Tyreek Hill. Sad. Number 10 is Mike Evans. Number 11 is T. Higgins. Number 12 is Michael Pittman. Number 13 is A.J. Brown. I'm running through these because up until A.J. Brown, there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of disagreement. Everybody has somebody in the same, you know, two or three spots. Like Michael Pittman, we don't have him higher than 11th or lower than 15th. It's not really worth discussion. A.J. Brown, however, we have one outlier. Craig, you don't have A.J. Brown high at all. You have him all the way down at 19. What's your concerns around A.J. Brown? Hey, it would help if my uh, mic wasn't muted, huh? <laughs> that, yeah, okay. So let me, you heard it, though. Sorry, What's your I concerns did... with A.J. Brown? There's your lead-in uh, again. My concerns is he's going to Philly. He's going to be in a new offense, and I, I don't know. Philly hasn't convinced me of a lot of stuff yet. Uh, okay, that's he's fair. coming from And he's coming from Tennessee again. Not a huge throwing team, really. So, I don't know. I have to see a few games. Number 14 is also interesting is Deontay Johnson. And we all have him in the 14 to 17 range, except for Sean. Sean has him all the way up at 11. Sean, with a quarterback change in Pittsburgh, what makes you think Deontay Johnson is going to be in a wide receiver one? Um, ben 30 seconds, by the way. And Roethlisberger was a great quarterback. By the end, he was not. And I know it's, you know, Trubisky, Pickens, or whatever. They're going to have a better arm. They're going to have, uh, they're just going to be better than what 
Ben Roethlisberger was at the end. And Deontay Johnson was, what, 13th last year quarterback? Um, so I can see I, I see him being better. I, I don't think there, there's just – they've <laughs> lost a lot of targets. If you, if you look in their, in their uh, wide receiver core, and I think Deontay Johnson continues to be the ball hog there and, and is in the top 12. Fantastic. You're only 15 seconds over time there. Thank you so much for your insight there. All right, so number 14 is Deontay Johnson. Number 15 is Jalen Waddle. I have Jalen Waddle all the way down at number 21. Craig, you have Jalen Waddle all the way up at number 10. Explain yourself. Listen, someone's going to have to catch the ball in Miami. I honestly don't know if it's going to be Tyreek Hill, even though I ranked him right under him. Someone has to catch the ball there. I don't know if Tyreek Hill is going to fit into their offense, and that's why I did it. So why I rated him at 21 is because I have a lot of faith, and I put a lot of guys who are the number two on strong teams or have strong number ones. I put a lot of guys up there. Like, you're going to see Hunter Renfro is pretty high despite the presence of Devontae Adams. I still have no faith in Miami. I'm sorry, Flavio. He's one of our friends. He's a big Miami fan. I'm sorry, Flavio. Jalen Waddell is not going to be a top 20 wide receiver. All right, moving on. So 16 is DJ Moore. Nothing really to see or talk about there. Number 17 is Brandon Cooks. I am done with Brandon Cooks. We're not even going to discuss him. Number 18 is Chris Godwin. And he's discussable because Craig has him in the top 10. Craig, how in the holy hell do you have Chris Godwin in the top 10? Damn this, Mike. Uh, So Gronk is gone. There's Mike Evans, who... Is we'll have a couple good games and drop He's a bunch of passes. Evans. Still Mike Evans. Um, someone has to catch the ball in Tampa, and it's going to be Godwin if he can stay healthy. I have him all the way down at 25, but I'm not going to approach Chris Godwin because somebody has him even lower than me. <laughs> Sean, seriously, dude, under 30 seconds. Why is Godwin number 29 on your rankings? He's already injured. Genius. I love it. All right, moving on. <laughs> Number 19, we have Terry McLaurin. Number 20, we have DK Metcalf, which makes me sad because I love DK Metcalf. Number 21, we have Hollywood Brown, who also changed teams. And we have a little bit of discussion on him. I have him higher than everybody else, but I I respect where everybody else is on that. Number 22 is Mike Williams. And that's kind of like the first time we see somebody notably who's the number two because he's still in L.A., but we have Mike Williams at number 22. Jerry Judy comes at number 23 as he comes back from injury. I want to stop and talk about Jerry Judy really quickly because nobody has him in the top 20. Or I'm sorry, top 24? 22, sorry, top 22. Except for Craig. Craig has Jerry Judy at number 16. Craig, why is Jerry Judy number 16 on your list uh, Because off injury? I, I am the, well, I'm hoping the injury recovery is still going well. But if it does... I am the opposite side of the line with Sean, and I think Jerry Judy is going to have um, a good year with a new quarterback. All right. Fair enough. Number 24 is Darnell Mooney. Why? Because I have faith in Darnell Mooney. Listen to me, Darnell. (laughs) I believe in you. Me too, baby. I I believe in you more than Sean, according to the rankings. Yeah. Come on. All right. Cortland Sutton comes in. What? He's the only game in town. That's the problem. Mm. No, the problem is an unproven quarterback. He could run a perfect pattern. If the ball isn't there, none of that matters. The problem is a bear. Moving on, 25 is Cortland Sutton. 
Uh, Sean has him at 19. Cinch, you have him at 31. Let's pause there for a minute. Cinch, why are, you did not even rank Cortland Sutton. 31 is the default ranking on your list. You didn't rank Cortland Sutton. Why? I don't believe in him. No, he's real. I've seen him. <laughs> no, I don't believe in him. He's artificial. Uh, he, needs to prove, he needs to prove to me that he can show up, be healthy, and play. And if he does that, if he's available for 16 or 17 games, he will definitely be up there. I just don't believe that he will be. Since you have him as a wide receiver number, I'm sorry, Sean, you have him as an, a wide receiver number two. Defend that. I thought I already did. I mean, all right, so he's the 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 uh, home run guy. Russell Wilson loves the home run ball. He does. That's the guy he's going to throw to. He's going to throw. I mean, Jerry Judy's going to have a good year, too. I mean, so did um, Tyler Lockett in, in Seattle. But he's the long ball guy, like DK Metcalf's the long ball guy. So... Is he going to be DK Metcalf? No, but he's going to be pretty good. Can I goad you guys into a bet right now for a four-pack of craft beer that Cortland Sutton is a wide receiver too? Sean thinks he is. Cinch thinks he's not. Can I goad you guys to that bet right now? No, but I would gladly share a four-pack with Sean anytime. <laughs> That is the perfect response. Good for you, Cinch. Moving on. 26 is Allen Robinson. I really think Allen Robinson is going to bounce back this year, but I just can't put him any higher than that. He's not the first option anymore. Number 27 is Amon St. Amon Ross St. Brown. Okay, I'm a beer and a half in, and I can't say Amon Ross St. Brown. Craig, you wanted to talk about this, so I'm going to turn this over to you for about a minute. So my quick What's going on? My, my thing is, all last year, Sean told me how good... Amon St. Brown, um, Amon Ra St. Brown is repeatedly, repeatedly told me how good he is. And he he even helped me draft him in one of my leagues, which I was fine with. Now I would look at the rankings and Sean, Sean ranked him 31st. And I'm very confused on why. Sean respond. Challenge. It's still, I mean, that's much better than he was ranked last year, obviously. Um, the <laughs> it's still Jared Goff, unfortunately, throwing to him. I think Hawkinson's gonna have a better year. He can't have much worse than he has. I mean, he wasn't horrible, but I think he's gonna be a little bit better this year. They've got DJ Chark now. They've they've got the best. Um, they've got the best receiver I think in the draft. Even though he's gonna be out for probably half the year, but he at the second half. Um. I think he's going to you know, show you why he was the best receiver there. So there's just too much targets. And Swift is going to be healthy all year, so he's going to have more targets. You think he's, he's going to be healthy all year? All year? <laughs> if he's healthy all year, he's going to have more targets. Oh, okay. okay. Hey, wait. Let me, let me jump in. Yeah, Sean, please. How many, Sean, how many games do the Lions win this year? <laughs> wait, didn't well, we do this in the car? Yeah, but wait, doesn't I, that have a little something to do with throw this? a lot. I understand. Well, no. There's more targets to throw to. Well, my question, really, if you say they're a terrible three-win, four-win team, I don't want any of those guys because they're not getting touchdowns. Mm. If you tell me they're going to win seven to ten games, then, yeah, they're going to be throwing it. They're going to be involved. They're going to 
bounce back if they fall down early in a game. And yeah, I want those guys on my team. I think so. touchdowns will be a problem. Yeah, definitely. But again, it might be more of a distribution than anything. So interesting. Well, when, it, when it comes to a lion, I'll let that be someone else's problem, not mine. Fair enough. Sure. All right, moving on, because we're already we should be in final thoughts by now. That's how over time we are, and we're still only at number twenty-seven. <laughs> number twenty-eight is Adam Thielen. I have Adam Thielen all the way down at thirty-four. Why? I just don't have faith. I just don't. Number 29 is Rashad Bateman. Uh, most of the crew has the faith that he's going to show some improvement in the uh, absence of Hollywood Brown. I do not. Hunter Renfro, we have at number 30. I'm the only one who's high on Hunter Renfro. And by high, I mean I have him ranked 26th. Amari Cooper comes in at number 31. Gabe Davis comes in at number 32. I have Gabe Davis all the way up at 16. I'm going to give Cinch a pass on this one because he's got Gabe Davis outside the top 30, but down there. Craig, you have Gabe Davis all the way down at 42. Sean, you did not even rank Gabe Davis. Sean, strict clock. Tell me 30 seconds why you did not rank Gabe Davis. I was wrong. <laughs> uh, plain and simple, oh. I, should, I should have him ranked there. He's definitely better than 41. I don't think he's going to be as good as everybody thinks and be, oh my God, he's going to be a number, uh, a high number two wide receiver. Uh, no, he's going to be a fine number three. Fantastic. Craig, why do you have Gabe Davis all the way at 42? Challenge. Uh, so for me, I feel like he, he was good last year because defenses weren't ready for him. I almost feel like it's like going to be like a one-hit wonder thing. Like I hope it isn't, but I, my feelings are just leaning that way. I'm shocked. 33 is Elijah Moore. 34 is Juju Smith-Schuster. And let me just say this about Juju. I have him ranked at 44. No one is lower on Juju Smith-Schuster on his podcast than me. We have him at 34. May I ask Remember, you a question then? No, because we're running out of time. Oh, come on. <laughs> well, all right. You get to, you got a timeout. What do you want? Um, then who's taking the targets there in, in Kansas City? Do you have Hardman and Sky Moore as the top two wide receivers there? I, I think the Chiefs are going to have a, a shift this year in offensive philosophy, but yes, I think Sky Moore is going to actually absorb more targets than Juju Smith-Schuster is. Okay. 35 is Christian Kirk. Number 36 we have is Tyler Lockett. Number 37 is Devontae Smith. Number 38 is the returning Michael Thomas. Number 39 is Russell Gage. My God, Michael Thomas at 39? Did we ever think we'd see this day? That I saw as we were filming, or recording. What? He is on the practice field. (laughs) And yet that team is so bad without Drew Brees, it doesn't make me optimistic. (laughs) (laughs) Number 39 is Russell Gage. Number 40 is Christian Watson. We're just going to keep moving because we're running seriously out of time. Number 41 is Alan Lazard. I do want to stop here because no one has Alan Lazard in the top 30 (laughs) except Cinch. Cinch, what are your hopes regarding Alan Lazard? Okay, he's not going to be Devontae Adams. Nothing can happen to make him that. But he he is still the number one target on Aaron Rodgers' football team. So he's going to get 13, what, 10 to 13 passes a game. Mm-hmm. whether he catches them or not. And I just, Aaron Rodgers is going to throw the ball a lot. 
He's not a guy who's going to hand it off and be content. He wants the numbers. He wants the touchdowns and the yardage. Someone's got to catch it, and Lazard is his number one. Fair enough. Number 42 is Robert Woods. Number 43 is Tyler Boyd. Number 44 is Miko Hardman. Why? Number 45 is DeAndre Hopkins, who would be a lot higher than 45, except he's serving a suspension. Number 46 is Tim Patrick. Number 47 is Kadarius Toney. We have Chase Claypool at 48. Michael Gallup comes in at number 49. Cinch's pick to potentially get up there. Number 50 is Sky Moore. You'd think that I'm the lowest guy in Sky Moore. I'm not, but I still think he's going to have a really good year. Number 51 is KJ Osborne. Number 52 is Devontae Parker. I wasn't even sure he was still in the league. Number 53 is Brandon, Brandon Ayuk. Number 54 is Marvin Jones. Number 55 is the law firm of Jacoby and Myers. Number 56 is Traylon Burks. Number 57 is Sterling Shepard. And before we go back and do a recap, number 58 and number 59 are Sean picks that need explanation. Sean, all you wrote on the, fee- on the form was London. <laughs> so please tell me, who is London and why should I know this name? It's Drake London. He was the number one pick of the Atlanta Falcons. Yes, I know that Marcus Mariota is throwing in Atlanta, but they can't throw every ball to Kyle Pitts. These Atlanta Falcons. He's a number one pick for a reason. I think he's going to be pretty good this year, maybe even better than what I ranked him at 39. And then lastly, you ranked a gentleman named Burks. Is this Ellis Burks? No. (laughs) Traylon Burks, another rookie in Tennessee. He is going to be their new A.J. Brown. So, Okay, so I'm going to ask this really quick of the the committee here. Outside the top, say, all right, so the first four – wide receivers in any given league would be the top 48. So we're talking about number 49 down. And just to recap, we'll do a full recap at the end of this, but I'm talking about the Michael Gallup, Sky Moore, KJ Osborne, Devontae Parker, Brandon Ayuk, Marvin Jones, Jacoby Myers, Traylon Burks. Um, who, oh my God, we have him here twice. Somebody else ranked Traylon Burks. Oh my God, I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no wonder it's all screwed up, you people, with your things. Because I just put Burks, and you didn't realize it was Traylon Burks. No, I I didn't realize it was Traylon Burks because you refused to put first names on your freaking rankings. (laughs) All right, so outside the... You guys can see on the screen who's outside the top 48. Give me one guy you expect to impress here, and let's start with Craig. Uh, So for me, it's going to be Devontae Parker. I've I've always liked him. Uh, apparently he's having, uh, he's getting chemistry with Mac Jones and I don't know any other, uh, Patriots receivers. Also, did you know he's only 29? I feel like he's been playing forever. Seriously? Yeah. (laughs) I seriously feel like he's been in the league for like 15 years. He was born January 20th, 1993. (laughs) Wow. Sean, what guy on this list is impressing, is going to impress you? Uh, first of all, Jacoby Myers was the number one last year on New England. So I think uh, Mac Jones has probably a better um, rapport with him. Jacoby uh, Myers, fantastic answer. Cinch, what do you got? It's going to be Drake London. <coughs> Why on earth would you start with 
35 seconds on Jacoby Myers, but my answer is Drake London. Why? Why would you do this to me? <laughs> okay, so Sean's impressed with Jake, Drake London. Sitch, what do you got? My answer is Michael Gallup. I think he'll be healthy. I think he'll play. And as I said before, he's the number two behind C.D. Lamb, who is going to get all of the double teams. Michael Gallup's my answer. Guy Moore is mine easily because I think he is, he is the new Byron Pringle. That's, that's, that's just where I'm going with this. All right, quick recap, and then we're going to go into final questions on this. So going back to the top of the list, the Football Fignuts podcast official rankings are as follows. We have Cooper Cup at number one, followed by Justin Jefferson. Jamar Chase is at three, and then Devontae Adams. Stefan Diggs, then Debo Samuel, and C.D. Lamb. Keenan Allen comes in at number eight, followed by Tyreek Hill, Mike Evans, T. Higgins, Michael Pittman, and A.J. Brown at 13. Deontay Johnson is number 14, followed by Jalen Waddell, D.J. Moore, Brandon Cooks, Chris Godwin. Terry McLaurin comes at 19, followed by D.K. Metcalf at 20. Number 21 is Marquise Brown. Number 22 is Mike Williams. Jerry Judy comes at number 23, followed by Darnell Mooney and Cortland Sutton. Allen Robinson comes in at 26, followed by Amon Ra St. Brown, Adam Thielen, and Rashad Bateman. Number 30 is Hunter Renfro. Number 31 is Amari Cooper. 32 is Gabe Davis. You're all, by the way, Gabe is his top 20. Number 33 is Elijah Moore. Number 34 is Juju Smith-Schuster. Why? Number 35 is Christian Kirk. Number 36 is Tyler Lockett, followed by Devontae Smith and Michael Thomas. Russell Gage and Christian Wilson round a uh, Christian Watson, sorry, round out the top 40. Alan Lazard comes in at 41, followed by Bobby Trees at number 42. 43 is Tyler Boyd, then Miko Hardman, and DeAndre Hopkins comes in at number 45. Tim Patrick comes in at 46, followed by Kadarius Toney, Chase Claypool, Michael Gallup, and Sky Moore is at number 50. Rounding out our list is KJ Osborne, Devontae Parker. Brandon Ayuk, Marvin Jones, Jacoby Myers at 55, Sterling Shepard, then Drake London, and Traylon Burks. I think Burks actually would have been reordered around 55, but we have him at 59 right now. All right, gentlemen, we are, believe it or not, out of time for our wide receiver preview. I blame Sean for taking minutes when he was given seconds, but his insight is always, as always, on on pace. So Sean, why don't you lead us off with final thoughts and please keep in mind, I'm timing you to a minute. <laughs> All right. When it comes to wide receivers, um, you know, it, if you want one, you know, take one of the top 10, um, then you know what? Mid tier guys, it's based on what you project. Don't get, don't go on last season. Based on base it on what's gonna happen, and then get your guys, you know, mid round because after the top 10, 12, you kind of hit a plateau where you know it's a, just you got to hit the right one. So do your research and find that guy that's gonna be the right one. Good for you. You only took forty seconds, Craig. Final thoughts on wide receivers. I lost Craig. Unmute, Craig. Uh, damn it! Damn <laughs> button. Sorry. Go on. 
Oh man. Anyway, having <laughs> those ten <laughs> seconds of silence, of course, it gets your time. Just so you know. So for me, is really just pay attention to people who have new teams and have new quarterbacks and even coaches. Just pay attention to what's going on there. Pay attention to training camp uh, because that does matter. And you can always try zero RB theory, but then you really have to pay attention to those things. And that's it. Thank you, Craig. I'm going to go next and give Cinch the final thought here. For me, this year, this is the most volatile wide receiver year I have ever seen. I don't know where anyone's going to finish. Let me tell you right now, I am confident in our top 12, but if you told me every single one of these guys was going to finish outside the top 12 this year, I would not be shocked. We have never seen movement like we saw this year. Devontae Adams changed teams. Tyreek Hill changed teams. We saw Cooper Cup get more depth behind him. Nothing is certain. At the end of the day, do your analysis, follow your gut. We are just one piece of the puzzle, and you have to look at the entire puzzle to get this right. Because I guarantee you, right now, there are three or four guys in our top 12 who are not even going to make wide receiver two because of injury or because their, their role changes. Don't be a slave to the rankings. Make sure you do your own stuff. Cinch, what do you got for me? The most important position on the field is the quarterback. Find a wide receiver with a quarterback who's going to throw the ball often. Secondly, you want a team that's going to score. You're not going to get a lot of points if you're on a three-win team. There's just no touchdowns in a three-win team. So I look for a, a quarterback that I know is going to throw it. Who's his number one? Even later on in the draft, who's his number two over other teams' number twos? That might be a better receiver, but they're not going to have the same opportunities. That's my final thought. Wow, Cinch just described the Bengals. Just saying. There you go. There you go, which is why we have their guys so high. You know how you can avoid being a three-win team? By leaving us a review. Go to us on whatever podcast directory you found us on and leave us a review. It is a huge way to help our podcast grow. I want to stop and thank our contributors. Thank you, Cinch. Thank you for having me. He, he even joined us on his time off, and we really appreciate it. And he's bringing us beer. Who's better than him? I mean, seriously. Thank you, Sean. Even though you ate up 90% of the podcast with your insight, we do appreciate it. Thank you for joining us. No problem. Hi, Deb. Oh, geez. He's still, he steals our time, and now he steals our thunder, Craig. What the hell? Good job. Uh... Well played. Well played. I got to tip my hat off to him. If you would like to reach out to us, please do so. You can reach us at the Fig Nuts, uh, Football Fig Nuts Podcast. You'd think I would know the name of my own show at this point. The Football Fig Nuts Podcast on Facebook. We are also at Fig Nuts DFS on Twitter. We are also Fig Nuts DFS at gmail.com. There's a million ways to reach out to us and engage with us, and we would love to hear it. Craig, believe it or not, we are three-quarters of the way through the projections, and next week is the most exciting. <laughs> it <Crowd> is. shaking <laughs> 60 minutes of our year. If you thought running backs kept you on the edge of your sheet, seat, if you thought wide receiver, and we ranked 60 of them this year, if you thought wide receiver was so in-depth that you couldn't get any better, get ready, because next week is the tight end, kicker, defense, spectacular super show. I can't wait. I'm excited. It's the best. It's we're, the best show of the season. I think. We're terrible liars. 
but that's okay. <laughs> but we will be back next week with the tight end kicker defense super show. Until then, please stay safe out there. My name is Britt. I'm Craig. That's Cinch. That's Sean. And we are the Football Fignuts Podcast. Um. <sighs> Thank <laughs> you.